and welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. I'm Melissa Zimmerman, and once again, thanks for joining me today. Today, my guest is a friend of mine that I have known for many years. He and I were on staff together at Victory Church as we were both pastors there. He also was a huge impact in two of my children's lives, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, he is also just a really amazing guy with a lot of stuff going on and we want to share what he's doing. So today my guest is Ryan Latham. Ryan is a pastor. He's also the founder of Renewed Leadership and that's a um, leadership organization that works with churches and pastors and businesses and organizations. He is all over the place. We're going to let him tell you about that. And he has just published an ebook, and so we want to talk about that. So there's lots to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and to share with you guys. And uh, you guys have just been such a, a blessing to us over the years, uh, just to your marriage, your ministry, uh, what you guys have been doing. And I know the podcast is a blessing to so many people, so thank you so much for having me. Well, we met when we were both on staff at Victory Church. Way back when. Way, way back in the day. We're not that, but that makes us sound old. <laughs> but um, Ryan was the associate pastor at Victory Church over the Victory School of Leadership, which was a ministry intern program. You want to talk a little bit about that for just a second? Yeah, so the program, the whole idea there was to help people bridge the gap between traditional education and ministry training to bridge, bring those together. Because uh, when I first started it about 17 years ago, those were very separate things. You either went to college or you did ministry internship. And um, I wanted to have them together. So I wanted people to be able to learn as they did. I looked at the medical field and I was like, you would never hire a doctor who had never touched a patient, who had never given an IV, who had never taken blood pressure. You'd never do that. Right. But yet we were doing that all the time with ministers. They were getting these degrees, but had never preached to a live audience, had never you know, counseled somebody, they never went to a real hospital visit. So I said, man, we need to bridge that together. And so that's what we did. And we did that for about 15 years. Yeah, two of my three children went through the Victory School of Leadership, and uh, Ryan. So Ryan's had two a big, of my best, two, two of my favorite. <laughs> at least some of the beautiful people. <laughs> I remember when our son was in the program, and he became kind of the model poster for. Um, he was on all the pictures and the promo material for VSL. <laughs> he was. He was our model for sure. So <laughs> and, he and was it, married though, so it didn't it didn't work, work, totally work out. Yeah. Totally. Well, I tell you what, it was so funny. He was like, one day I saw it, and he, his face was on this giant banner, and he said he came into my office and he said, "Mom, have you seen what they've done to me? It's gross." <laughs> 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 and I'm like, I think it's amazing, you know, and and, uh, and it was only like six feet tall. It was no, actually, it was probably like eight feet tall. Yeah, know, it so. was, and and you know, five yeah. foot wide. Yeah. It was, yeah. and it was just his face, so it was bigger yeah. than life. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so and Ryan has made such a, a wonderful impact on our children, and and we're super grateful for that. And he's actually taught me a lot about ministry. Uh, when I went into ministry, he was, I'm much older than him, probably almost old enough to be his mother, but uh, he taught, he'd been in ministry a lot longer than me, so he taught me a lot of good stuff about ministry. Um, so how did you get into ministry? Tell me about the call. Well, so I didn't grow up in the church. Uh, I grew up wanting to do film and theater, and so my plan was to go to the U University of Southern California and do that. Uh, and then about my late junior year, all of my kind of football friends and sports friends and had graduated 
And so I got this whole new group of friends that were all Christians, and they started challenging me to, like, go to church and read the Bible, which all things I just really never never did. Um, and so it just came alive, and it just really touched my life. Um, so I gave my life to the Lord going into my, junior, my, going into my senior year, and instantly the people at the church were like, you need to go into ministry. Um, there was, like, some prophetic words. Um, but a lot of just people discipling me saying, you need to go into ministry. And so... Um, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know where to go. So I was like, all right, so here we go. And so I just went to basically the denomination that I was a part of. I went to their, their school to learn. Um, and, uh, immediately again, for me, I was like, I'm learning this stuff, but I don't know what to do. So I just got a job in the church. So I just became a youth pastor while I was in school. Um, and that was really why the internship came about. Cause I was like, I'm in class learning and I'm going and doing this where a lot of people I was in class with they like weren't in ministry they weren't really even volunteering much they're like barely even showing up the church and I'm like you want to be a pastor you're like barely where I was like I gotta learn something like because I like got students that I need to minister I got people in the church I need to minister to so I was like it being in ministry gave me such a heart for learning um yes I mean that was really the call I I, I just felt like it was the right thing to do. People had just encouraged me to do it. Um, people like some the older saints, you could say, <laughs> in the church, you know, were like, "Hey, you should go do this." Uh, we really feel like it's a call in your life. And so, again, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, I just kind of followed the steps they told me to do. So that's how I started. And here you are. How many years later? Over twenty years later. Over twenty years later, Over you're still rolling. Years later, and um, about what three years ago? Four years ago. You stepped away from the intern program, and about, yeah, almost eighteen months. Not even, not even, oh, yeah! Not, wow, I'm giving you way more credit. You are, you are, yeah. Uh, and you started renewed leadership. So tell us about renewed leadership. So renewed leadership is an opportunity for us to do customized leadership development for churches. We we target the ninety eight percent of churches that are under a thousand. That's kind of our target audience. I mean, we do larger churches, but we try to customize stuff for churches under a thousand. Because um, a lot of those churches are under-resourced. Um, the, their budget isn't quite there to, like, send their people to conferences. Their budget's not quite there to, like, bring in customized leadership stuff. So we have a donor base that helps um, offset that cost. So we can come in. We can do customized stuff. Um, the other thing about going to conferences is great, but it's not customized to your audience. So um, so many times as a pastor, we go to a conference. We're like, man, I wish my people had heard that. Well, now you can because we'll come to you and we'll customize it to you. So um, we have topics that we talk about. Obviously, you can go to our website and, and see those, but we tailor it to them workshop style, volunteer training style, staff development style. Right now, obviously, we're doing a lot of stuff online um, um, through video, that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, we, we, we want to come to you, work with your staff, your team, and your location, um, or do it. Um, virtual if that's better for them uh, but we want to customize it for them and work with their team that's awesome so um, in the process of renewed doing the renewed leadership you've written an ebook yeah so the new uh, ebook is available um, it's available on Apple right now to download for purchase or you can go to our website and download it for free um, but it's called uh, how to keep your job and help your pastor during COVID-19 basically the whole idea is um, if we all can make small sacrifices, then we can flatten the curve of unemployment. 
Um, we can flatten the curve of people losing their jobs. We can flatten the curve of churches kind of hurting financially if we can all make some small sacrifices um, to help that. Also, um, everything's changed anyway. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's some ideas. Um, you know, the backstory behind it is um, during another crisis a few years ago, I was a youth pastor, and I just wanted to be a youth pastor. And I was just like, man, I want to be a youth pastor. I want to, like, serve my kids. I just want to, like, work with my youth. And I didn't really think, what's this greater impact on the church? How should I be really supporting my pastor in this time? I was just, man, I want to be the great youth. And I thought that, that was what was the right thing to do, you know? Sure. Which you need to take care of your ministry department, obviously. But my thought with this is, man, we need to be thinking bigger, take a bigger step back and say, this isn't just about my department. It's about how can I help the church? How can I help my pastor in this time of crisis? So the book, although it is about COVID-19, um, it's really about any type of crisis, local. I mean, I've been through multiple local crises, um, fires when we were in San Diego. Uh, I know we, we've done missions trips to like Hurricane Katrina. You know, those local crises. Right now we're in a pandemic, but the idea is really anytime there's a crisis, we need to shift gears. We need to think differently. And I, I just wrote down 10 tips, 10 things that we can do um, that I think will help us to think differently, help our pastor, and hopefully help the church uh, not suffer financially and people lose their jobs. Sure. And is it is your primary, I know your primary audience is pastors who are leading from the second, third, and fourth chair. Uh, does it translate to other people who are just in the, in maybe not in a ministry role? Absolutely. I mean, everything, although the illustrations are designed for pastors, but it's very simple to translate an illustration or an example into the marketplace, no doubt. Um, I, I think pretty much all of these 10 tips would translate into the marketplace, no problem. Well, let's talk about the tips then. Maybe start with, the, what's the first tip you give people? Yeah, so let's just dive right into the biggest hot topic, finances. Right. Okay, so um, obviously right now in the middle of a crisis, finances are always in question. Okay, hurricane, a fire, tornado, you know, pandemic, whatever it is, the, the finances of your organization, be a church, be it a business, is always in question, right? So my suggestion number one is this, is that you should do two things. One, one of two things. One is I'm suggesting that people should go in and do a voluntary pay reduction. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think that people should begin to think, I'm going to voluntarily take a pay cut. Um, now, I encourage you to think about, pray about, look at your own budget as to what you can sacrificially do. But like right now, we're not driving as much. We're not eating out as much. We're not doing, we're not buying as many things. So you could probably take a 7, 10% cut and it really wouldn't affect your current budget very much. But it would speak volumes to your pastor, speak volumes to your supervisor, your employer. It would speak volumes that you took the initiative to say, look, I understand that this current situation is affecting our bottom line financially. And I want to be a part of that solution in a financial way, not just offering up my extra time, which is we need to do that, too. Sure. The second thing I think we should do is. Um, potentially, if the, if you go to your employer and like, man, we're good, don't worry about it, then I would suggest increasing your giving. Okay, so a lot of pastors I'm talking to are like, man, I don't really want to do a pay cut because like I just feel like it's going to be a demotivating thing. Everyone's going to get like beaten down. Like, oh man, I took a pay cut. 
So maybe we're just going to ask people to increase their giving right now. Let's stand behind our pastors. If you're in the marketplace, man, increase your giving to, to charity, to, to offering. You know, Maybe ask your employer, is there a charity that we are supporting as, a, as an organization? And maybe you give extra donations to that charity that your business is supporting. Um, you know, maybe it's the local food pantry that your your business restaurant, you know, gives money to. Give extra to that right now, because what it does is, is is look. We all know that finances speak loud, and when you can go in and say, look, I'm going to sacrificially give of my my finances. I'm just telling you, you're going to stand out to your employer to say that this person's really committed. So I think the first one would, is that. So number one would be to uh, financially take a pay cut voluntarily if you haven't already, like mandatory. I know a lot of people have already taken mandatory. The second one would be to increase your giving. You know, it's interesting because Stephen and I, um, in our ministry, one of the things that we decided um, for us during this time of pandemic is that we did increase our giving. We're like, we refuse to come under this spirit of fear. We refuse to clamp things down really tight. Uh, we were, we had gone to, we have a friend of ours that's doing drive-in church. And so we went to drive-in church and, um, <clears throat> and on our way home one Sunday, he said, well, do you want to stop and get something to eat? And I said, well, the truth is, and this was not being, this wasn't trying to make a big deal, but I just said we could eat at home and give our month, give instead. And I would rather give our finances than eat our finances. And so uh, for us, we've been able to tithe, we've been able to do 10%, we've increased by 10%. So we're doing 10%, keeping our tithe at home, at our home church, all of that stuff. And, you know, give another 10% to another church just because we really wanted to increase our giving. We've also done giveaways through our, um, you know, we've done fun giveaways where people, you know, we did a, a Easter kind of Easter photo scavenger hunt where we gave away $125, sure. uh, you know, gift card because we want to increase our giving in this time as opposed to, uh, you know, kind of hoard and, yeah, I mean, and ground, be afraid. The, the ground is tilled right now. Yeah. Right? All the ground is just tilled right now. I right. Mean, it's just, uh, so what better time to plant some seeds right now when the soil is uprooted right right I mean, everything's uprooted so plant some seeds right now and you will reap you know for your own your own finances in the future uh the church's finances in the future your business's finances in the future so plant seeds right now is what we're suggesting yeah, absolutely and i think it i i agree with you 100 percent. now is the time to sow some seeds today what for the harvest you're going to reap a little bit down the road yeah, absolutely absolutely what's what's uh, number two so the other one is a temporary rally cry, okay? So again, in your business, in your ministry, um, a lot of people's mission statements, a lot of people's core values, a lot of things don't make sense right now. Um, a lot of people's job descriptions don't make sense right now. So what is that temporary rally cry? This isn't who you are permanently, but this is who you are currently. And so what are we going after right now? And what this does is it moves you beyond just more Facebook Live, more Instagram Live, more. It's actually like, okay, now we're actually defining what are our wins? What are we going after right now? How are we defining people's job descriptions? So if you're like a receptionist, right? Well, you're probably not doing a whole lot of your job description right now. You want to save your job? Begin to find out what that temporary rally cry of your business is and begin to learn a new skill, a new talent, how you can serve that momentary thing. Maybe it's to come in and, hey, I know I'm a receptionist, but right now I, I'm in the front lines handing out food at, the, at the, the takeout counter, 
right? And that's not like what I was paid for, but that's what I'm doing. That's what's needed right mm-hmm. now. Or I'm normally the receptionist at the church. Well, right now I'm I'm the virtual lobby person answering questions during Facebook Lives or during the Sunday services, and that's how I'm using my talents. And so a temporary rally cry is not who you are permanently, but who you are currently, and it gathers everyone around this new vision, this new focus. It doesn't change necessarily who you are, but just temporarily changing what we're all going after right now and i know sometimes especially for a lot of the guys you probably are thinking like braveheart you know william wallace like freedom it's not quite that dramatic necessarily but i think you got to have something that does rally the troops to say look this is what we're going after right now i think that's really good i was talking to a friend of mine who's on staff at another church and and she said, you know what? Everybody's position in our church is shuffled. You might have been in facilities yesterday, but you're in outreach today, you know, and, and they have all really, you know, worked really hard to adjust so that they all have, they're, they're having the maximum impact. And isn't that what we want in our ministries, in our churches, in our jobs, in our businesses? We want the maximum impact for what, what we can do in a time where there's a crisis like this. I mean, uh, I would I would venture to say 90 Uh, 98% of the people in the United States and around the world have never really um, operated inside of a quarantine. So like we're all, (laughs) we're all learning something new. Absolutely. And so that, that's awesome. And, and changing that temporary rally cry, like, okay, so our, our current mission statement may not be, we may not be living exactly our mission statement. We're going to have a a temporary mission statement for just in this particular time. Yeah. It's not who you have to be permanently, but just who you are currently. That's true. In this season, we're not changing who we are permanently. Like when we finally get back to whatever that new normal looks like, we'll get back to some of that. Mm -hmm. But also I think a lot of people are going to have to change some of that too. I think so too. And I was just going to ask you about that. Kind of what are your thoughts about like, the pandemic will end eventually, hopefully sooner rather than later. We're all going to go back to work. We're all going to go back to being, you know, kind of life as usual, but it's going to be changed. We're going to always be different from where we are now. So what do you see as some of the changes that may happen in the transition back into what we would normally call normal life? Um, I, I hope that um, a lot of what we've done is a lot of these virtual things will stay. And so I think, um, adding adding a virtual training will be a new norm, you know, that it's not so taboo or out there. Um, specifically in the church world, um, I'm, I'm believing that a lot of churches that um, online streaming was like out of their reach or they felt like they were too nervous that people wouldn't want to do it. Um, well, everyone's doing it now. So... <laughs> I, I think that online services, things like that will stay um, for businesses. I think even doing virtual meetings, virtual um, offerings, I think they're reinventing how they do a lot of things. Customer service is being rented, reinvented right now. Um, a lot of people can learn a lot from Chick-fil-A right now because you can get in and out of Chick-fil-A's drive through in about a minute as opposed to a lot of it's like 20 minutes. Uh, and so reinventing how you do customer service, um, and, you know, even customer care, all of those things. Uh, I mean, even just the personal touch. I mean, I, I know a guy that owns uh, four auto repair shops, and like right now, he's like driving to people's homes. I mean, he's taking his technicians to their home, driving that person's car back, cleaning it, re- you know, repairing it, driving it back. And I think it's just 
reinventing how we do customer service and customer care is probably going to stick with us a lot longer. I think so too. So we have time to talk about one more step. Pick your favorite of the ones that are left. Well, okay. So I think um, the biggest one that I would say is in this time, if you want to stand out and really help your employer, your pastor, whoever it might be, is be an encourager. Absolutely. Be an encourager. It is easy right now to be a Debbie Downer, but be an encourager. And, and, and it's really easy to be general, but what's going to stick out right now is specific encouragement. So instead of saying, hey, Melissa, you're doing a great job. Thank you so much. That, that's okay. But when I can come and say, man, the way that you did this very specific thing at this specific moment is going to stick out so much more. So, for example, in the church world, uh, Melissa, man, the way you hosted our virtual lobby on Sunday, you had engagement. You were fun. You, uh, I'm like, I just saw you connecting with people so well. That's just a lot different than saying, Melissa, thank you so much for what you're doing. You're doing a great job. I, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Just being specific also doing it in different ways right now a handwritten note is so much more powerful than a text or another email and so personalizing it so even if you do a video um, a lot of people were doing like large mass videos hey people we love you we thank you think about doing maybe just some small videos on your phone hey melissa just push a record hey melissa thank you so much for what you're doing thank you and then just sending that as a text as opposed to just a written text do a video text or a handwritten note and be specific. So a couple of ways to do it. One, think about that person and think about the moment. So uh, sometimes you want to do it privately, just a personal note to that person. Sometimes you want to do it publicly. So right now, if you're doing a Zoom meeting, man, maybe you you acknowledge Melissa in front of the whole team. Hey, let's all give it up for Melissa how she's done this, right? Um, so sometimes you do it public, sometimes you do it personal, and then also sometimes you do it broad, sometimes you do it very specific. And again, what we reward gets repeated. Absolutely. And so what in this time of confusion, mm-hmm. when we can begin to reward people publicly, everybody else listens to that and says, ah, that's what's being rewarded. I'm going to do that too. So again, it's another way of dropping little seeds of that temporary rally cry that we just talked about. Being an encourager will quickly enhance okay, that's what's being rewarded, then I'm going to do that too. So if you want to stand out, uh, man, be an encourager. Be a, Now, be real. Right. Authentic encouragement matters. Well, and also there's some people that are so optimistic. It's like, did you even know that like there's a COVID, like people are sheltered? Like they're so optimistic. They're so positive. It's mm-hmm. like, you're just way out there, man. Like, please, you know, be be realistic with your, your encouragement too. Like, man, we're going to get through this guys. We're going to work. We're going to do this. Not everything's going to be fine. Like we're going to be back to nothing. You know, it never happened. I mean, be real, but be encouraging as well. That's really super good. Thanks for sharing that. I'm actually going to go download your book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even more. Actually, I'm going to download your book so I can share it to my husband. There you go. Because I think, and I, and, and you know what I'm, as I listen to you talk about it, I think of like, you know, a whole bunch of other people who I think this is really good and they should hear this. And so I hope that the listeners of the podcast think the same thing. And they're like, I need to tell 10 people to go download this book because right now it's free from your website. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what are, what's better than giving a gift that doesn't cost you anything but really has value? The thing about it is for right now it's free. Yeah. 
uh, and but it has long-term value. Whether we, you know, whether it's, it wasn't written just for the COVID-19, that might say COVID-19 on it, but trust me, there is always going to be some form of a crisis because we live in a fault, we live in a broken world. And these points are super applicable to A, everybody, every business and every ministry. And do yourself a favor right now and go download that. So if they want to download it, tell them where to go right fast. They can go to renewedleadership.org slash my job. RenewLeadership.org slash my job. But think about the impact on marriages when somebody loses their job. Sure. Right? Uh, huge. You Absolutely. Gotta, typically, you got to move, financial struggles. So if we can flatten that curve and say, look, man, I know it's tough for us right now to take a 10% cut for the next three months. It's a lot better than taking a 100% cut because you lost your job. Yeah, for sure. And so we'll put all of the details on how to uh, get this book in the show notes. Also, uh, you know what? Ryan is... You need to bring Ryan to your church. You need to bring him to your organization. Uh, he is He's going to bring information, education, and inspiration uh, to your organization, whether it's a church, whether it's a ministry, whether it's a business. Uh, you're investing in your uh, team's leadership is one of the most powerful things you do. We get stagnant so easy, and it's so refreshing to hear somebody else's input. I know I just, every once in a while, I'll just chat with Ryan and say, tell me stuff, and and it's stuff, he always has di a different view. He has a different perspective, a different angle than what I'm used to seeing. And so it's been really helpful. So, hey, Ryan, we always like to end my podcast with just a little fun thing that we do. I'm a little worried, to be honest. <laughs> You're a quick thinker. You I think feel like it's fun for you, maybe not so much for your guests. You know? it's a let's see, let's see. Rapid fire questions, right? Not deep and theological. Here we right? go. Off the top of your head. Okay. Let's see what um, here's the first one. What's a perfect Friday night look for you look like for you? Oh gosh. I got four kids, man. So I mean we're watching. I mean, it's it's a great we eat pizza, homemade pizza, watching a family movie and uh, just having fun, goofing around, things like that. Um, and uh, I mean I'm getting a little bit older, so getting to bed on time is a, <laughs> is a is a good thing, right? Typically we stay up later on a Friday night, but uh, that's a great Friday night for me. What is one thing about you that other people don't know? Okay, so here's a fun one. This is a fun fact that has nothing to do with anything. But in high school, my job, and going into the early days of my college days, is I, cl I cleaned up hazardous waste. So uh, hazmat suit, respirators, the whole deal, like oil spills, the whole deal. I cleaned up hazardous waste. That was what got me through college. You were pre-trained for the COVID quarantine, right? I, I, I've, got my, <laughs> I've got my hazmat suit at home, man. I, That's... I know, I know how to duct tape my uh, my gloves to my suit and everything. I'm, I'm ready to go. What's a favorite movie that you watch that you know the dialogue to? Oh, my gosh. Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. That's awesome. Uh, right now, aside from the Bible, aside from your pastor, who's teaching the most about God? Uh, Henry Blackaby is Experiencing God. Phenomenal book. Uh, everyone should read it. I mean, just an incredible book about how to experience God at a deeper, real, authentic, personal way. Favorite ice cream? Uh, mint chocolate chip. Well, it kind of hurts my heart a little bit. I'm but sorry. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe peanut butter cup. Maybe peanut butter cup. For, the, for the local Brahms people. You, you and my husband, you'd yeah. be on that together. Uh, so I always end my podcast with the same last question. And uh, my question is this. If you could say one thing and one thing only to make Jesus famous, what would you say? I'd say that Jesus is a person, Jesus is personal, and Jesus wants to know you, 
um, and he wants you to know him. And so um, I, we've been watching The Chosen, uh -huh. um, that, that um, series. Uh -huh. And one thing I love about that series more than a lot of other series is how normal, how natural Jesus was. Um, I think oftentimes we make Jesus pretty standoffish and as if everything he said was this like holier, but just that he's natural and he's, he's personal and he wants to know you um, and he cares about you and he knows you. Uh, and so I would just say um, Jesus is a person and he wants to be personal with you. That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today on the podcast, Ryan. As you can tell, there is a lot of good stuff here. I do want to encourage you to go download his uh, ebook. I want you to go check out his podcast, invite him to come and speak. And we will have all those ways that you can contact him in the show notes. And so this is that time of my show when I ask for my trifecta of favors. Uh, first, if maybe you're a first time listener and you've never uh, listened to us before, what we would love for you to do is just hit that subscribe button. That way all the latest episodes will be in your feed. Secondly, um, if you would give us a five-star rating on iTunes, that helps us bubble up to the top so people can find us. And finally, and most importantly, would you take a few moments and just share this podcast with your friends and invite them to give it a listen? I know that they'll be excited that you shared something as wonderful as this with them. And so remember, until we meet again, he doesn't waste a thing.